Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'd like to begin this podcast by recognizing the traditional owners of the land in which it is recorded. I pay respect to their elders past, present, and those emerging. Those on when you're ready there and all. Um, I'll move this around so you can... Yeah, yeah, good. Cool. Yep. No, I haven't got much. There I am. Yep. Cool. No worries. I had you on mute, so I'm still... <laughs> obviously still learning. That's all right. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to Nature or Nurture. Today, I'm joined by someone I'm a massive fan of and grew up watching and loving. It is the wonderful actor... Kevin Harrington, welcome. Hello, Sam. Hello, everyone. <laughs> well, it's lovely to have you here. I've oh, always been such a big, uh, such a big admirer of yours. Oh uh, well, you know, thank you. Um, uh, I, I'm a sort of embarrassed. To <laughs> I don't know. What do you say? To that? Is that, yeah, yeah. I, I, I understand why you would be. <laughs> and then you sort of do the queen wave at me, and then, yeah. the royal wave, I should say. Yeah, yeah. that's that's me. That's that, who that, I am. That's you. Yeah. <laughs> now, Kev, I, I start this podcast by asking uh, the question, and it, I, I said to someone the other day, it's a simple question, but it's not a simple question oh, at no. all. It's a really difficult question to yes, answer. But do you think that nature or nurture influenced who you are today? Uh, well, it's a very uh, complex question, <laughs> it is. and. Uh, you know, I've got there's arguments on both sides, mm. and there's strong arguments. But I think ultimately, I'd probably say nurture because uh, well, it's the romantic uh, option, isn't it? Yeah, that, that yeah. you have the power over your destiny to, to you know, to change it to to make your own future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. and I think a lot of people like to believe that that's the you know that they <laughs> no, they made yeah. self made people and everything. Of course, we'd love to. Yeah, all, all our movies are that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know those all those action heroes. They're all they're all nurture blokes, aren't they? Yeah, Yeah. unless someone gets bitten by a spider or something. (laughs) (laughs) But I guess that's kind of nurture. There's there's a lot of crossover between them as well, and it's kind of hard. But for for you, where where did you grow up? Well, I grew up in Footscray. Yeah, and you know the the nature element of it would be would be that you know where my mum, for example, lived. And had all the big incidents in her life and died within, oh, I reckon, about three Ks. Right, okay. Yeah? And I haven't moved far either. You know, yeah, I was yeah. brought up, you know, by her and dad in Footscray and mm. moved to Yarraville, which is like one suburb over. So, but you did a lot in between. Well, as well. yeah. Did, did and, your parents you know, ever travel? Were no, they? Um, not till not till they were kind of nearly retired. You know, they went to the went to visit us. I, I was living in Brisbane with my, my wife and. And uh, two kids, they were little then. I thought you were going to say that they came and visited you in Yarraville. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That was the big trip. You had to get a passport. My parents never had a passport. Really? Never had a passport. Um, and my grandparents never had a licence. So it, it's kind of, it just it blows your mind, doesn't it, to think how fast things have developed since those two generations. And generation to generation. Like, mm. I, I didn't go overseas, I think, until I was like maybe... 20, I think I was 20 when I went mm. overseas. And that, that seems so young 
to me. Yeah. And then I met other people that were like, oh, we were six when we went to Rome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that was a very different yeah. thing. Left mum and dad behind. Yeah. Yeah, we were on, fluent in Italian by then. We're not Kentucky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Like> show offs. <laughs> for, for you, you know, being in Brisbane for a while, so you moved mm. around a little bit when you a were, little bit. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, we obviously with with acting, you might tour a play, you might go interstate to play a role. Yep. Um, but we lived in Brisbane for a year because my wife's work. Uh, moved her there, and I thought, oh, well, I'll have a crack up there, and yep. nothing. Um, <laughs> uh, there was, uh, um, but that was okay because my my kids were little, and I could kind of look after them, be the mum, you know. Yeah, so yeah. that was that was that wasn't a time I regret, but I did, I was itching to get back because there was nothing for an actor really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What what was a young Kevin Harrington like when you were growing up in Footscray? Mm, I loved footy. Right. Uh, okay. Uh, performing just wasn't in our realm, you know. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I met an actor till I nearly was one, you know. <laughs> <laughs> till you're almost one yourself. Yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> um, it just wasn't in our um, in our orbit. We had uh, my grandfather played was you know, worked in a factory, but he played on the weekends in a dance band. If you ever right, seen okay. those old Glenn Miller type dance yeah, bands? Yeah. He played saxophone uh, on the weekends. So there was a bit of an artistic uh, element to, in his life, but not at all in my parents, you know, factory worker typist, you know. yeah. Did you have brothers or sisters? Uh, one sister. One sister. And um, she's living in Geelong. She's a social worker. Um, but uh, we didn't – like a lot of kids now, yeah, our kids – Dance classes and and artistic pursuits. No, yeah. there weren't. I don't even know if there were any. But if there were, we weren't sent to them. Yeah, we did a bit of footy and a bit of cricket. Did you Did you play footy like all? Yeah, through, I loved all through it. High school. Oh no, I played uh, you know, fervently when I was about twelve. Yeah, found out I was no good, <laughs> and uh, didn't play anymore. Yeah, it's a good way to start. <laughs> it's the uh, Homer Simpson <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> philosophy on life. You try a little bit, and if you know, you stop. <laughs> it's so funny as well. I've done this podcast a few times now, and each time a Simpson quote is brought up at some point. I always find it so funny that nearly everything can be related back to the Simpsons. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is, isn't it? What about when Donald Trump went up the staircase to announce his presidency? That's just bloody yeah. spooky, isn't it? It is spooky, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we are recording this on Halloween as well, so it is oh, extra spooky. There Everything's you go. <laughs> I was worried you were going to be a trick-or-treater when you knocked at my front door. <laughs> <laughs> neighbours um, neighbors did a Halloween special one year. They did, mm. like, what are they called? Web web episodes. A web series? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Uh, little episodes. I think they were 10 minutes each or something. Right. And I went back and, you know, uh, played a zombie. <laughs> so, you know, in, the, in, in that on that theme of uh, Halloween, yeah. Neighbours versus Zombies, probably find it on YouTube, is one of my highlights. It was uh, one of the few times, maybe the only time Neighbours was actually consciously funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. How did, how did you feel recently with, with Neighbours um, going off air? Yeah, I felt sad for the people working on it still. Of course. And Such I a felt big industry. Absolutely. Yeah. And all the people who won't get to train to learn, you know. Yeah. Um, Guy Pearce was great in that last he couple was of episodes, wasn't yeah, he? He brought, really he brought his uh, best work to it. And he lent into the, you know, the storyline and yes. everything and the ridiculousness of the, I you know, know. Some of the plot lines and everything. He was yeah. great. But, I mean, if you're going to talk about its cultural legacy, it was mm. a shit show, you know. It was... You know, I used to get angry about the scripts all the time sure. when I was working on it. They're just yeah. so contradictory and, and 
you know, uh, ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Well, five shows a week. It's such yeah, a, yeah. yeah. The plot lines turn around so much. I know, it's true. And, you know, soap opera is a genre of its own. I've, you know, my wife sometimes, she'll be working, she does a bit of bookkeeping at home, mm. and um, she'll have a soap opera on, you yep. know, an American one, and they're just as bad. <laughs> it's not like Neighbours was, was uh, you know, the worst soap opera ever. It was just it was a typical soap opera. Yeah, yeah. Mm. My nan used to watch Bold and the Beautiful. Yeah, so yeah. she couldn't even keep up with it and she watched it every single day. <laughs> <laughs> and yet oddly you can watch it like ten years later. Absolutely. And you go, oh, same people, same stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so going back to you playing footy. So that mm. was a, was that a big part? Were your were your parents really into footy? Oh my dad loved footy. Yeah, yeah loved footy. You know, he there was a legendary footballer from this part of town mm. or my part of town called Teddy Whitten. And uh, Dad played in an under-17 team with Teddy Whitten. Right, okay. Uh, and, uh, and he was a local legend. He was a local legend. Yeah. And uh, I remember when I was maybe, I don't know, five or something, my dad was taking me into, into Footscray, into the shops, just to give Mum a little break. And uh, uh, we're walking down the street and uh, this booming voice says, Pat! And uh, we ducked in and looked into the barber shop, and there's Teddy Whitten having a pre-game haircut and groom, <laughs> you know. And uh, he shook my dad's hand, and of course... I thought my dad was best mates with Superman, oh, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is the biggest thing when you're younger to see oh, a sport. Because yeah. so, I was always really into swimming and I always thought, uh-huh. like, you know, for a sports star for me, I remember when um, Dawn Fraser came to our school once. Okay. And I couldn't believe it. And she was walking up one of the portable offices and yep. she was walking out and I saw her nearly trip over and I still <laughs> thought she was the greatest person <laughs> ever seen. It was just yeah. incredible. It was the same technique she used to dive off the block. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and my question to her, you, you could all ask a question. Mm. And I, I asked, why why do swimmers have to get up so early? And she'd never she'd never an answer for it. No. She said, I think water aerobics is on. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that was the only thing what she could o- manage. What an Olympian perspective. <laughs> it's good to get that sort of My kids did a bit of early morning swimming too with a yeah. swimming club and uh it's I think it was so the uh parents could all get that done and go to work. Yeah, it makes sense. When we lived in Brisbane, that you'd go after school. Uh, no, I might be there with my little kids. Yeah. And uh, they were – it was like the Aryans, you know. There was like row after row after yeah. row of blonde kids just powering up and down the up and down the lanes and you thought, well, no wonder, you know, we get so many good swimmers. Yeah, that's it's right. just the law of averages. <laughs> <laughs> well, what were your parents like? Oh, well, um, in, uh, my dad was happy-go-lucky. Yep. It worked in a factory – um, you know, and he'd be walking on, you know, he's the sort of bloke who in the factory, if you walk down the, you know, walk through the factory, everybody would say hello, Pat, and yep. smile, and he'd, he'd know them, and yeah, and uh, they'd all have laughs together. Um, so he's, you know, he was, uh, you know, very well loved, very likable sort of fella. And my mum was a quite dour sort of woman. Um, very, she was the one who kind of insisted we save and get a house and. Sure. And and pushed us in, into education and uh, had a more kind of, uh, I wouldn't call it a, a dark outlook on life. It was more of that, even though they were Catholic, that Protestant work ethic thing, mm. you know? She was concerned for everyone and probably... Yeah, yeah. And I think her father, um, he'd lived through the Depression and... Uh, I think that had kind of made a big impression on her. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You see, you see that effect lasting such a long time. Mm. I even think kids who are growing up in you know the the era of the pandemic and everything will yes. have lasting effects of that as well. Oh, this is hasn't it been the biggest thing? It probably, mm. I think it's the biggest thing in my life. And uh, 
you know, I'm still literally bearing, not, not literally bearing scars, but literally in the aftermath of, of you know, uh, long COVID. Yeah. Having had pneumonia before that and, you know, the hospitals were full of, like, really sick people with respiratory stuff. Yeah. And they're not going to get back to where they were, you know. No. It's going to scar uh, a generation of people and... You know, it's really, we've, we've been belted psychologically too. Absolutely, yeah. Being locked inside and mm. not being able to do anything for yes. a long time. Yeah. Did you, in that time, you got really sick for mm. for a while? You, it was over two years, was it? Oh, no, it was I, I, um, and then the I had, it was, it's been all this year, really. Yeah. Since, since early this year, uh, I got diagnosed. I had uh, prostate cancer and then I had the operation, uh, you know, scheduled. Mm. Uh, but I had to delay it because I caught pneumonia. And then, you know, I was going into hospital with a lot of people in the hospital had COVID, including the bloody staff, <laughs> um, to have this operation and uh, got through it. It was successful. Everything's mm. fine. And then I after got came home, thought I was, I was on an upswing, you know. Yeah, and then yeah. I, caught, uh, I caught COVID. And uh, it's not like I got seriously sick at the time, but um, without going into the details, you know, uh, post post prostate you've got you've got uh, uh, you know incontinence they have to kind of work through and of course, the, co- yeah. the coughing from covid and the incontinence were uh, oh yeah what a combination bad bedfellows yeah. Yeah, i can imagine <laughs> did you did you realize you were sick early? what were the signs that you realized that you had did you find out early about the prostate cancer oh no no look i have uh, because of another thing i have got a pacemaker since i was 59 or something mm. Uh, I had blood tests all the time because I got, um, uh, you know, highish blood pressure and sugar and stuff. Mm. So all that has to be monitored. It's all completely under control. Yeah. But in among all those numbers is something called PSA, and uh, that number got a little bit high. So I went to a specialist, and um, oh, it was quite difficult because with the, uh, I guess this is hopefully going to be of some use to somebody mm. listening. Because otherwise, it's just me whinging. <laughs> <laughs> I'll but, change the name of the podcast. Kev whinging. Yeah, yeah. You, it's like you can, you can. It's very difficult with the uh, let's call it the rectal exam mm. to know that there's a, a specific problem. Right. You can tell okay. it's enlarged, yeah, but sure. not a lot else. And my brother-in-law, my poor brother-in-law, had two of those year by year. Oh wow! That didn't detect it. By the time I found out, it was too late. Passed away. So it's really important that you get an image. Now, to get an image is usually very easy with an MRI because I've got a very powerful one near yeah. Getworth, but I can't have one because of my pacemaker. So oh, I had sure. to go into this place in the western suburbs that had a, a nuclear-based imaging machine. Wow. Um, and once I got that, it was clear that it needed to be uh, addressed because you can have it and live with it forever, but... Well, not forever, till you die. <laughs> <laughs> but forever until Otherwise, you die. Otherwise, everybody would be trying to get prostate cancer. I want to live forever, please. Um, so, what a uh, line of people. <laughs> <laughs> Waiting for the exam. <laughs> so anyway, uh, you know, once we got the image, we were all right. We uh, knew what to do and that got removed. And, and that, you know, that was, that was a relief. And, of course, there's side effects. But, you know, none of them are quite so bad as dying. 
Of course, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but you know, your brother was it your brother, brother that went in law, brother in law that, yeah. that went through that? That would have changed, you know, your perspective on everything. Yes, it made you check that quick. Absolutely, yes, absolutely, yeah. and it should everyone. You know, there was a there's a, you know, how in cricket we've got the Glenn McGrath day, for, yeah. you know, breast cancer. Uh, in England, they've got a, a similar day, but for prostate, and it's named after Bob Willis, who used to be a bowler, who, mm. who. Uh, didn't get it detected until it was too late. Right, okay. And he, the, all the money that's raised for that goes into better diagnosing because it's not like – well, it's, because of the place it's in in the body, it's more difficult to find than a, than a breast cancer lump. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, – I would be interested to see if there's an Australian equivalent and, you know, it needs to be supported because uh, – because blokes don't want to have that exam. No, you know? no. And wouldn't it be great if there was a, a quicker way to go from the blood test to the image somehow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and it'd just be a really quick process. So mm. it's not like people are waiting or... Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's like walk through the airport thing, you know, where you... Yeah, that's a good idea. You might be onto something. <laughs> oh, there it is. <laughs> your, new, your new career after this. <laughs> now, so going back mm. to when you were younger, so your, your parents, yes. your, your mum had a bit more of a... She was a bit worried about things because of her life mm. experience mm. and worried about you. So when you were at school, what, what did you think you were going to do? Did you think you were going to go and play footy? Oh, I aspired to it. Yes, yeah. I would have loved to. Um, I was pretty okay, you know, in yeah. terms of uh, in terms of acad- academic uh, um, pursuits, pursuits, or results. Mm. But I, um, uh, it was <laughs> awful lot of Greek and Italian kids. So naturally, I was one of the best at English. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so. So I was good at all those sort of expressive English-based subjects, pretty yeah. crap at maths, um, and not interested in sciences. So, so that's where I went really with the uh, with my training. It went. To, I went to the Melbourne uh, State College, and I was going to be a drama teacher, perhaps. But I was really only there to do the drama classes and. See yeah. if I could maybe find this backdoor way into being an actor. Where 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 did that come from though? You know, oh, going through school. I where don't did you know. Yeah. I, I think it was just being the, the smart ass kid in the classroom. Yeah, right. You so know, you were the funny kid. Wouldn't in it the be class. great if it was? No, I I read my first Shakespeare and I fell in love. No, <laughs> I just like getting laughs, from <laughs> making poop, people laugh, fart jokes. You know, <laughs> did did that come? Do you think from your parents? Did you? What, what sort well, of quality? I said my dad think? had that. Yeah. you know that kind of likability and that kind mm. of you know. Could easily relate to people. Good people yeah. person. Um, he would have been a good salesman because no, I've done that too, and it's the same skill set. Yeah, know? yeah. Um, and you have to be approachable and likable. Absolutely, and, to be drawn and a bit of humour is so valuable. Absolutely. You know? yeah. So I guess that's where I got it from. If you if you're talking nature, yep. probably from a dad's personality. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and so you don't know where the acting. Thing no, started, it was just. I don't know. An idea. I, it's not like we we didn't have drama classes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we just had, uh, you know, maths classes that you could be a smart ass in. <laughs> I don't know if anyone designed it that way <laughs> secretly. <laughs> did, did you want to be a comedian? Did you want to be? Um, I did. I ended up being a comedian. Yeah, yeah. I didn't like it that much. I, I you know, the, the comedy festival is my ideal sort of. Uh, Vehicle, I reckon, yeah. for what I would, what the sort of comedian I would have liked to have been, a bit yeah. more theatrical, maybe some sketches, maybe a narrative all through, like Will Anderson, yep. for example. Um, uh, I, I, but see, there wasn't 
there wasn't much of, of that around when I was – this is a long time ago when I was doing pretty much a, a uh, theatre restaurant style. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. What, was, what was the first sort of acting role that you, that you took on? Uh, professional acting. Uh, Melbourne Theatre Company. I got a gig. I went to the VCA, and around like for several months, I was just auditioning for things, not getting things. And I think I was starting to do a little bit of that. What I said, the mm. theatre restaurant, and I got a gig at the Melbourne Theatre Company because the bloke who used to run the VCA, Roger Hodgman, became a director at the Melbourne Theatre Company, and I got in. I don't know, uh, Midsummer Night's Dream, perhaps, or Fortunate Life, actually, sure, the first one. And uh, yeah, it was a great experience, and we were lucky in those days. I don't know how there was. Perhaps the grant was bigger in relative terms mm-hmm. and a, a theatre company could afford to put on a play with 15 actors in it. Sure, yeah. And so therefore, you know, numbers 13, 14, 15 could be young people learning, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and was there someone from early on that you had as a mentor or were you inspired by anyone? I think, you, you know, Frank Gallagher would probably be the best actor I worked with back then. Yeah, okay. And then a fellow called Bruce Miles who also – he was in Cyrano de Bergerac, which we – was the next big play I got in about a year later. And he was also a director. So he gave me a number of gigs after that. Yeah. So those two guys probably. Yeah. Did you did you stop doing the comedy comedy things because you didn't like the environment? I was doing or? them alternately, you know. Yeah. When I wasn't getting theatre work, I would do a bit of – I'd go back and do some stand – well, I call it stand-up. We had a, we had a spot each and we did a bit of a mock bush band at the end, satirical – Version of a bush band at the end, so the act it was a variety night. I yeah, suppose, sure. So. More than um, more than a stand-up spot. Who were the other people that you liked in comedy? Did you watch oh, comedy? Oh yeah, absolutely. I you know I was mates with a lot of the really good people like Fleety and mm. Anthony Morgan and um, uh, the two Matts, Empty Pockets they called themselves. Oh, Matt, Matt King and Matt, was it Matt King? Matt no. Matt, oh no, sorry, the Empty Matt Pockets. Quartermain. Matt Quartermain. Yeah, and Matt Parkinson. Who's now on uh, the Chaser? Yeah, yeah, yeah. because he's also he's so really smart. smart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, those guys, um, Lena and Woodley, you know, all those, you know, that generation were, were doing stand up around about that time. And Shane Bourne was, like, yeah, almost a king at that time. He was so good. He was fantastic. I've always heard stories, you know. Be- when I moved to Melbourne and did my first gig was with Fleety and you know, Fleety sort of showed me the ropes, from yeah. a, which I don't know was a good or bad thing. But, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. When I was doing stand-up, Fleety was always there. And I remember him talking about Shane Bourne just being the best. His yeah. energy was always Tremendous. the best. Greatest compare you could have because he'd wow. lift, lift the room, you know. Yeah. Um, my generation maybe know him from Thank God You're Here. Yeah, okay. Which did it, we didn't know he was a stand-up. That, did he? he hosted it, yeah. <coughs> yeah, right. it was amazing. He was really good, but yeah. we didn't really know him as a stand-up. Yeah, yeah. He's we, also a bloody good actor. I acted with him at the MTC. Yeah, right. Really good actor. Yeah. yeah. I saw him in things later on, and he's just amazing. He was in mm. a film with Genevieve Morris a little while ago, and oh, the okay. Ride Like a Girl, he had a really small part on that. Did he? Was when he came up, everyone just sort of cheered. Yeah, yeah. Everyone was yeah. so excited to see him. Yes, Good movie, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In in acting, what sort of roles did you did you look for, and, and when did you start working professionally? Well, in that field? you know, in that in that MTC period, I was playing a young, you know, juvenile lead or whatever they might have called it. You know, yep. like a almost a teenager, younger than myself. You know, yep. um, and I did that those sorts of roles because I continued to look young till I was in my late twenties. Still hadn't done any tally to speak of. Yeah. Um, and then I started to get a few more, you know, adult 
sort of roles in theatre. And it wasn't really until Sea Change when I was in my late 30s that I got any telly. What was what was the Sea Change audition like when you went for it? Had you heard about yeah, the I show? Did hear or, about yeah, it. everyone was talking about it. Um, it, it because it was Andrew Knight and Deb Cox, but you know a lot of people knew Andrew Knight from around that comedy acting. It was Steve Vizard as well? He was That's right. There, yeah. Yep. So we all were very excited about it, and I, uh, I think in my audition, I did. I was a bit over the top, but it was a funny scene. It was a, it was a scene where. Kevin was talking about his cat being trapped or something. He did an impersonation of the noises that cat yep. was making. So it led it, it lent itself to me being a bit too big for telly. <laughs> <laughs> it's not always a bad thing, though. It's very well. Funny. It was all right then. It worked then for me then. And uh, you know, then uh, then you know, once we got into the show, um, I knew nothing about what I was about the. I suppose the format of how you shoot a telly show mm. or a film, yeah. um, you know, what shots happen when, what setups, uh, and how long a scene takes. And I remember there was another theatre actor called Paul English who played Sigrid's husband that she leaves to go up to Pearl Bay. And um, Jack, the first, the first Jack. In the <sighs> yeah, the first yeah, Jack. Yeah, he yeah. would have been. Gee, you'd know this well. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big C. I grew up on C. Change. <laughs> there you well. go. Actually, I don't know if you know uh, Georgie Tunney uh, in the comedy film that I made, the independent comedy film that I made yeah. a few years ago. She saw you pop up in it and oh, couldn't okay. believe it. Facetime me right away to say it's it's Kevin, it's <laughs> oh, the Kevin. That? Yeah. So we always talk about C. Change. Oh, C-Change. that's nice. Oh well, yes. Yeah, so I was met Paul English and I found ourselves staying up at Ocean Grove with hardly any other actors, and we went to the pub together, and we <laughs> we did that thing you do where you, we were trying to work out you know what cameras angles and you know the format so we're using the salt and pepper shakers and, <laughs> and so we figured it out you know we figured out if you're not the lead planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it's going to be important that you produce your performance because we're burning ourselves up. Of course. In rehearsals, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Was well, so, used to theatre acting, and then yeah, all of a sudden absolutely. you're doing this. I love so, that yeah. you were learning on the job. It was a absolutely. real masterclass. In and doing then, it. I, you know, subsequently years later, I ended up teaching that to kids because it just, you know, that was I could have got some gigs before that. You know, <laughs> if you had the salt and pepper shakers, in my late thirties. You know, I can't exactly. <laughs> um, so it's, I hope I saved a few people a bit of time. But um, uh, Lyani Donner. Uh, Kids I taught and uh, they always talk about honor, how amazing honor you were. Honor and Patrick from Hot Department. Yes, they yeah. always and Michelle Brazier always talks. Oh about yes, Michelle. How uh, amazing yeah. you were as a teacher. Oh yeah. Well, all I was doing was tr- was the salt and pepper technique. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you always have them with you. Yeah. No. I, <laughs> salt I kept, pouring I, out of your pockets. I, I kept imagine. it a secret that it was. I tried to mystify it. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> what, what was the reception to Sea Change? I mean, it was a very popular show. Yeah. But what? What? How? How did your kind of career change after that oh well it was a sea change for me yeah um uh, at the time there was you know 60 minutes is still on isn't it yeah yeah, well that was like the 
like the big show on telly for the week. Sure, you know yeah. everyone watched that, and when Sea Change came on and knocked it off, you know over outrated it. Yeah, um, you know suddenly we were we were the biggest things on telly, and um, and so therefore a bit more work came. The Dish, for example, mm. and um, and a few other things, some more substantial theatre roles, and so on. So yeah, it was a, it was a big breakthrough, I suppose. And did you did you ever want to go back to doing the the live comedy? Was that was that a drive for you as well? No, no. I, I to be honest, you know, stand up comedy itself, I don't like. Yeah, you know, it's just jokes, and the jokes are about things. I mean, I'm talking about a different era and a, and a different style of venue, but the jokes tended to be about stuff that was inherently kind of sexist and mm. aggressive. Sure, and uh, you know, I di- I just didn't. I found it too too uh, limiting. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So I was happy not to do stand up. I did stand up because I rather than be a waiter, for example. <laughs> yeah, you know, sure. It's a pretty pretty uh, damning indictment of stand up. I mean, I know there's m- many wonderful stand ups, and we mentioned people like Fleety, but yeah, but I believe like it, it was when the comedy festival came that that audiences' minds got opened out to to a, a, a nicer and a broader um, kind of. Uh, uh, subject matter to be covered by stand-ups. Yeah, and people yeah. like, you know, Hot Department, Michelle Brazier, mm. Ani Donna, they've really changed the game again oh, yeah, <laughs> in yeah. terms of what well, a show can theater. be. They're doing yeah. theatre. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for you after that, so after Sea Change and there was a few films in there as well mm. and you kept going, when, when did you decide to start teaching? Oh, I think one of my best mate is a bloke called Shane Connor and um, – Paul Bugger found himself on the dole at a time when the government was insisting that you train at something just to get the dole, you know. Right. I mean, he had, you know, the VCA and uh, uh, he'd also done some other study before that at uni and uh, he was one of the better actors we got, you know. Yeah. And there they were saying, oh, no, you've got to learn to, I don't know, take a car apart or something. So he his little course that he learnt uh, was in um had to run a little business mm. and he thought well what could i do a, what could my imaginary business be oh i know i'll pretend i'm a, i'm teaching drama to to people so he was telling me about this and i said like, well why don't we like you know to make this hypothetical a thing and have a crack yeah because you know we were qualified to teach it we could see who else was teaching around the place yeah of course and so we we did it together and it gave us a chance to be together to keep our skills up we learned from the other people, we learnt to, uh, you know, if either of us, Shane did a bit of directing, um, you know, different people, different people respond to different kind of cues, you know. Yeah. Uh, some people like a lot of words, some people don't like any. Yeah. You know, some people like an image. And so we learnt those skills in trying to uh, educate people about how to, how to put their uh, acting skills it's how to filter them into the craft of acting on camera. Yeah, yeah. Is it? Did you learn valuable skills kind of as you were teaching it as Absolutely. well? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think we both became better actors. We, we learned to do less, you know, because yeah. in watching the students, nearly all of them, the, the big mistake, the, the most common mistake was to just like be too physical, move too much, be too loud, yeah. try too hard. Yeah. The antidote to that was to just... Sit, sit in it, and and let the the piece happen through you. Very, you know, without demonstrating. Yep. And so both of us, you know, took that on. Do you mm. do you have a favourite thing that you've done when you look back? Is there is there yeah, something that you're really proud uh, of? It's Cliffy. 
yeah, the one about Cliffy Young. You see yep. that? Yeah, 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 I have. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that was you know, an immersive experience. You know, for three months I lost the weight. I learned to walk differently, run differently, mm. speak differently and, uh, you know, did the did the piece uh, over I think about a month and, uh, you know, I had a lot to look back at it and I go, no, that's somebody else, you know. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's really, really bloody impressive. You know, and it's it's like not watching me. Yeah. Yeah. What What did you like the most about it when you first, you know, when when the idea came about? What 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 drew you to that? Oh, I remember him. You yeah. Know, he was for a week the most famous person in Australia. Yeah. And remember, I mentioned that Backerberg restaurant that we did the the com- the cabaret comedy at. Yeah. He ran past it. He ran down right. Victoria Street past it. Yeah. You know, thousands of people in the street just. Trying to get a glimpse, all the audience in the in the show that night all went out. To <laughs> You're trying to get him try back. and catch Cliffy. Yeah. <laughs> and one of my mates, Jeff Graham, was had his guitar in his hand, and he yeah. and he says, "Have you got a request, Cliffy?" <laughs> and you know what Cliffy said? Do you know, help me make it through the night. It's <laughs> <laughs> not bad, is it? When it's you very run from good. Sydney, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that, that that's your favourite role, and, and something yeah. that kind of stuck with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, for you having kids, has that has that changed? You think your perspective on life? Oh, I love being a dad. I mm. loved when the kids were little. Yeah, and now I've got a grandchild too. So I just find it fantastic. Like just such a. I guess actors are. You know, observ- observance is one of the things we specialise in and we get good at. And to watch a person double their vocabulary in a week, you know, or or learn to kick a ball you yeah. know, through trial and error. Uh, and and just the joy, you know, just the joy in a, a little little toddler is um, just really, I mean, I don't know why everybody doesn't like just, pull out of life for yeah. while, while their kid is that age. Yeah, you know? yeah. If you can. So when you were in Brisbane, that was kind of the yeah, time for you to be yeah. able to do that? My daughter, my youngest daughter was about three. And uh, I remember we, we, every day we watched the, the Ray Martin show. <laughs> there be a comedian on. And I got on it one day. I've got I've got a, a Ray Martin's book just up Oh, there. right. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I got I – got, because I was a bit of a stand-up, I don't know how, I must have submitted – a piece to them, yeah, and uh, it was about being a dad with a little kid, you know, right. and and they got me on the show. So I flew from Brisbane down to Sydney one day, did the spot, and came back, and and uh, then the other mothers, you know, who, who I I was mixing with because I was the only dad really. Yeah, um, uh, just uh, one of them came up to me and said, "There's a bloke just like you on the Ray Martin show." I said, "Oh yeah, that was me." She <laughs> goes, "She goes, no." <laughs> Not accepting it at no, all. No. no, not from not from Brisbane. <laughs> get, get high ideas about yourself. <laughs> Pull your head in. <laughs> when you, when your kids were working out what they wanted to do with their lives, did you mm. from from yourself doing that? Did you yeah. have any advice to them, or was it just kind of whatever? Well, one you of my daughters do? did some acting as a sixteen-year-old on a show called Fergus McPhail. Right. Okay. As a, she was a teen actor. She did. Uh, School by correspondence and uh, and earned adult wages, and then she found it very hard to go back to life. We in a normal school and so on. Yeah, we put her in Caulfield Grammar because they had a. We were recommended by about that place by how good their drama was, 
and that got her through school. But uh, yeah, I I never pushed her into it, and I did advise her a bit. But there were, you know, on a kids show, there's usually a drama coach. You know, yeah, sure. I think his name's Greg Saunders. He, he, I mean, he was easily as well equipped as me to trainer in and he had the context you know he yeah knew, knew sure the plots and the other actors and so on so no I, I i didn't really i didn't really give her much advice during that period yeah i was pleased for her to have the experience but very hard for a kid to uh come back out of that into you know like especially if if you're in a like when neighbors was big if you're a teenager in that yeah my god you were getting you're getting offered to go to nightclubs and get paid a thousand bucks and getting offered to have sex with people, you know, and, and you're, you're a kid, you know. Yeah, of course. How yeah. do you come back from that, you know? Yeah, And yeah. there was no such thing as anybody counselling them through that process. Was um, it a scary thing when she started acting? Were you worried about, no, you know, with really, your experience? No, not really, Because um, I was in, a, in among it myself. So, we, you know, she'd been coming to – they came to see Change and were extras and yeah. and, uh, and voiceover studios and stuff like that. So they were kind of – it was just another – like she was doing the same, hanging around the same people do, in the same environment, but doing a bit of the acting as well. So it wasn't yeah. a big stretch for her to slide into that. Um, but sliding me back out of it, yeah, was hard, you know. Yeah, of and course. it is for any kid. And I, and and I don't know that I, you know. I've, I know a few actors who whose kids have done some acting, and I've said, you know, just just try to get them to treat it as a part, like a, <laughs> a, a McDonald's job. But really well paid, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and uh, and then but no no more fuss than that, you mm. know. Try not to help have them buy into uh, you know I don't know if, if they've got you know social media celebrity out things like that, but but there's no point in them. It can only be unproductive for yeah. them to engage in that. I always wanted to make documentaries, and that was you know the thing that I set out mm. to do, and I always wanted to do that. And I remember doing like work experience and someone had got me a bit of work experience with a production company. I was so uh-huh. excited and being from Phillip Island, we didn't have a media department growing up and I was so mm. excited to go up to Melbourne for a week mm. and do that. And I remember most of the week I was helping the boss move his fridge. Oh, no. You know, and, and <laughs> I remember someone leaning in and going, the glitz and the glamour. Yeah, huh? yeah, you know, yeah. yeah what did that production company make? What were they? They, they were making some documentaries, but it was kind of shorter version things for SBS. Uh-huh. It was oh, kind yeah. of the, the only one that I could really, you know, the only one that replied to my email. Mm. And they, they were really good at times as well. I'm still yeah, in touch yeah. with one of the people, but yeah. they were kind of starting to make a little bit of the more narrative the mm. narrative stuff, but it, it wasn't at a time I think when they were actually making things. No, did you do you find it hard sometimes? Like, do you watch a lot of a lot of things? Are you you know do you still enjoy watching? A lot, but like lately, I've been drama? watching on telly. You mean or yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, British uh, you know mist- uh, crime shows. Oh yeah, sure. They're, they're yeah, just, like they're just brilliantly acted and uh, really tightly scripted. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I like good shows, for sure. Yeah. With, with being sick, have you found it really hard to, you know, Does do you want to keep acting? Do you want to keep doing things? Oh, yeah, I've done a, a couple of little things. Yeah. Um, and I'll, you know, continue to do that. Um, do I want to know? Yeah, it's sometimes a bit hard to watch your mates in the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not a, not a very, uh, uh, it's a, Kind of thing. If you you reveal that you that you uh, are jealous of people, it doesn't reflect well on you. But <laughs> but it is a bit hard when you can't. You know, if you're in the marketplace and you can, mm. and there's nothing there, yep. that's cool. But when you can't, it's um, 
it's uh, a bit. Well, you could get depressed about something like that. Yeah, of course. Mm. Yeah, has it always been like the the driver for you? Has it always been a drive where you've had? either a motto or something that you say to yourself or anything? Have you just always been a really driven person? For no, 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 I wouldn't say so, no. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, after Cluffy, I kind of felt, oh, well, I know what, I'm not going to do it, you know. Yeah. I've, I've had that experience and I started looking around and my wife and I started another business. Um, not started a business, we bought a business. Yeah. We bought Quest Apartments in Werribee and we ran that for two years. And um, I actually knocked back to acting work to do that. I yeah. felt like that was going to be a bit more fun. What was that experience like it's great. to set up a business? It's great. Today? Yeah. Because no, neither of us knew anything about it. Yeah. I mean, there were quest people to help us, but ultimately you get, you get it's uh, fake it till you make it, you know, and and you just fall back on your people skills, you know. Yeah. It's like, yes, I know I marked that up. Yep. <laughs> I'm brand new. <laughs> <laughs> How can I fix it? And, you know, most I didn't meet many people who didn't accept that. You yeah. Know? If you if you're honest enough to say I'm trying really hard, but I'm not good at it yet. Yeah. How can I help you? How can I fix it up? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, nearly everybody goes. Oh, I, I get that. Of course. Yeah. yeah. No one's going to be awful to. And if yeah. that's more an indictment of that person. Yeah. They're that's awful right. to someone. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I always feel terrible about people like a trainee or something that's just getting blasted by oh, someone. No. Like, what yeah. an awful person. Yeah. Yeah. Go into quest wherever he's at. How dare you <laughs> not be the Hyatt? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> for, for you, did you decide to get out of that? Out of that? After a while, what was the yeah? Yeah, we it, yeah. um we set ourselves a kind of a target, a kind of a dollar figure mm. that we you know we wanted the by you know by building the business up, we knew that it was worth a dollar figure in the marketplace. Yep, we thought that was a two to five year pr- process, and we did it in two. Yeah, and um, we thought, oh well, let's see if we can get that price, and we did. Yeah, so we got out, and we're lucky because like, it's just timing because yeah. the, then COVID came, we would have. Of course. It would have really, you know, suffered. Is that something that you two talk about, like you'd want to do something like that again? Oh, no, no, no. no. I mean, physically I couldn't. Yep. And, um, no, we, we did it. We, You know, it's a bit like Cliffy. You'd done it. Yep. What else is there, you know? Yeah, mm. yeah. You're always looking for that next thing mm. instead of actually yeah, that's right. doing the same thing over I and over I think so, yeah. yeah. I've got some standard questions that I, that mm. I wrote down. and, and Is this like a... Do you ever watch the actor's studio? It's like the actor's studio. <laughs> James Lipton inside yes. the actor's studio. Wish you had a voice like him. That would be amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and if you have an answer for these, great. If you don't, we'll yep. move right along. Okay. Uh, what trait in people do you find the most admirable? Oh, I love people who uh, retain their optimism. Yeah. Uh, isn't yeah. that great? I mean, see, you know, I know people who have had worse sicknesses than me, but they're just happy for every day that happened. You know, yeah. I think that's, geez, that's cl- that's. I mean, how do you, you know, that must take some will, you know? Yeah. Do you mm. think you're a pretty optimistic person like oh, your dad? You know, um, <clears throat> am I? Normally I am. And now yeah. that I'm getting a little bit healthy again, yeah, I, I, that's my natural state. But uh, I can't say that I, I was, you know, <laughs> the most brave patient. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course, that's really hard, though. It's hard to keep that optimism in there. Oh, you know, I reckon. Really hard times. Imagine people who, you know, find out, you know, what they've got. Mm regardless of the prognosis, how long it's going to be. But imagine finding out something you've got mm. isn't going to get better. Yeah. How do you how do you keep an, a good attitude then? Yeah. We'll, Some, and people do. 
Yeah, we were, we were talking um, on the phone yesterday or the, or the day before um, about a mutual friend of ours who has been really sick mm. um, recently and is slowly, you know, slowly getting better. Mm. But it was really dire there for a while. Yeah. And I always remember talking to her on the phone or going to visit her in hospital and she was so positive and funny yeah. all of the time. I know. But there's always those moments, of course, where mm. you don't see that you don't know how they kind of keep up that yeah. optimism. Yeah. Uh, if you could choose to be born into an environment, what would that look like? Oh man! Do you think your childhood was um, was pretty great? I think the way it was. was. Yeah. I, I really like. I really like. And there are a lot of suburbs like this in Melbourne, like you know Vince Colosimo's Carlton that he grew up yeah. in, and, and uh, a lot of other people who grew up in these streets. You know, these small inner suburban streets where the kids played played and cricket and stuff out in the streets and. And, multicultural know, as well. Multicultural yeah. and, you know, intermingled. Uh, I think that's a perfect sort of environment. I, I, yeah. I couldn't imagine being any happier or learning more uh, if you were brought up in one, you know, in a mansion or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what's your favourite thing about yourself? Oh, man. Gosh, I haven't really ever thought of that. <laughs> Not many people have. No. I don't think many people look in the mirror and think about that. I don't know. What's my favourite thing about myself? I'm a good. I'm good with little kids. I'm a good dad. Yeah. I really. I really just took to that. Kids like me. You yeah. know, They laugh and we have fun and yeah. Well, you're hilarious and easy to talk to as well. <laughs> if you're too. <two>. Yeah. <laughs> Even for me, Kev, you're always so lovely to me. Uh, what's something you'd change about yourself? Oh man. Um, what would I, what would I change about myself? I wish I was more disciplined. You know, I've been writing a bit, and I'm just a happy amateur. I write, well, you know, I write something down when it comes to me. You know, yeah, yeah. And then I watch telly for three days. You know, <laughs> so, yeah. well, I've earned that. <laughs> I wish I had, you know, that discipline of those people who, who want to do make a project. Yeah. So they get up in the morning and they have breakfast, and then they. Work at that all day yeah. until dinner time and then they stop. Yeah, wow, yeah. Wow, man, you know, I'm nothing like that. It's a great quality to have but I think mm. sometimes as well, like uh, the flip side of that is I always just make things and do things and, you know, mm. I'm always that sort of person. And sometimes you make something and you look around at the end of it and you're like, oh. But then yeah. you're like, oh, well, you know, I tried. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. gave it a red hot go. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. Who influenced you the most? Oh, in my life probably my dad – yeah. You know, I mean, in terms of, you know, uh, um, you know, those early MTC days when I first became an actor, it was those two blokes I mentioned, Frank Gallagher and uh, Bruce Miles. They were, you know, when I was in my 20s, they were 40 plus, but they, they there was no age between us and they were very, uh, they kind of um, took my ideas. I mean, they were probably crap ideas, but they t- pretended they took, you know, they, <laughs> they were... As worthy as the, uh, as theirs, and then they go. Yeah. And how about you have a think about? And then they'd say the logical thing that I should have been doing all the time, you know. <laughs> so they were very kind in that way. Yeah, encouraging. And, and yes, and I think they were. You know, they Bruce certainly gave me a lot of gigs that uh, <clears throat> that I um that kept me being an actor. Yeah. Really, I mean, I if it wasn't for people like that looking out for someone younger, you would have fell out of it probably. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, 
What drives you now? Uh, we've already kind of covered that, but do you mm. still have big ambitions of what you want to do next? Not big ambitions, no. I'm writing this thing. I made a one-man show just before, you know, before all this, before COVID. I remember you talking about <coughs> it's ready, yeah. You know, it's ready to go, but I, I just uh, don't have the muscle. And also the places I would like to do it for the people who'd appreciate it most, a mm. show about my mum and her, you know, her the period when she was, uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, learning to drive, uh, you know, uh, bringing up kids. Yeah. That would be like 70s. Um, The people that appreciate that most are the people who are least likely to go and see a show because they're worried about their health, you know. And, and, you know, they're getting very old too. So so I don't know what I'll do with that. I really don't. Um, um, I'm loath to put it on social media or... YouTube or something because it's just once it's gone, it's gone. It's, yeah. part, it's part of the it's it's number one hundred million and one pieces of uh, content out there. Yeah, and it just you know it's gone. Whereas yep. you put that put that on as a as a piece live, and people would remember that experience. You know, um, so if I can't night, if no. I can't do it, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, I don't know. I might I'll I'll do something with it. Yeah. But really, it's that and this thing I'm writing, and if another idea occurs to me, I'll wor- I'll work on that. But if I get a little few guesties on on a show or something, um, I'm happy to do them. Yeah. Uh, but I've got no ambitions, really. I've yeah. got No ambitions. If something happens, it does. If it doesn't, whatever. You know. Kind of feels like that's kind of the way you've gone through things, really. Like yeah, your, yeah. Your, your whole life with acting and comedy yeah. and everything, just keep going well, until you find something you really like. I know it's you know. I mean, I know there were you know we used to have students who were like had a freaking five year plan. I say, how you gonna how? Yeah, yeah. yeah. How does that even work? <laughs> yeah, right. So Spielberg rings me what next February? <laughs> yeah. Hello, Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, you can't. You can't plan a, a yeah. career in this caper no, like that. It's unpredictable. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you could pinpoint a moment in that had the greatest influence on you, what would that be? Uh, influence on me, or impact, or yeah, I think yeah. You know, once I, I said before, you know, sea change changed my life. You know, because I'd done theatre, 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 theatre. Mm. Hardly anyone knew who I was. Tally, two million people watched Sea Change, and that changed my. You know, suddenly I was instead of. <laughs> Instead of being the relative at the Christmas parties that everyone felt a bit sorry for, <laughs> I was the relative everyone wanted to talk to. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty good. So that's an impact. Yeah, it's a great impact. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I like to ask the same question that I asked at the start. Yes. To, to wrap up the podcast. Yes. Um, nature or nurture? So you kind of think it's been a bit of both, really. Yeah, in yeah, yeah, yeah. In terms of where I was brought up and those values – Nature very strong, but in terms of becoming an actor, honestly, when I must, I don't remember it. But when I told my parents I was going to become an actor, <laughs> studied to become an actor, I may as well have said astronaut. You know, yeah, we're so wildly out of their realm. You know, they didn't know anyone that was an actor. No, yeah. yeah, yeah, I think that's amazing and a great way to end the podcast. Kevin cool. Harrington, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Nature or Nurture. For this week. My name is Sammy Peterson and you can follow me, Sam Peterson91 on Instagram. I also have a comedy podcast called Confessions. You can find that. The handles are Confessions the Podcast on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. You can also just search it on your regular podcast apps. Please do rate this podcast. 
Uh, I would love that. It helps get the podcast out there to so many people. Thank you to the wonderful Michelle Laurie and Matthew Tankard. They're, they're great producers and I couldn't do this without them. Please do share this podcast around. I'd love to get it out there to as many people as possible. So please do share it with a friend and tell the person that you just heard on this podcast that you've really enjoyed hearing their chat. Thank you so much. Hope you have a good week and I will talk to you very, very soon. Goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.